This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's join Craig Earlham in London. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very good, thanks. Let's start with the general mood for the week so far. It's been fairly negative, hasn't it? I suppose the fallout from Friday's non-farm payroll jobs report still uppermost in markets' minds. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's been a bit of a choppy, really, start to week. It started on a negative. I think we saw markets give back some of those losses. And now today, we seem to be treading water ahead of the European Open and obviously the US Open a few hours later. I do think we are seeing a little bit of caution on the back of that jobs report. Now, I guess you can kind of look at this jobs report in two ways. The market seems to have taken it more one way, but I think that's a reflection of two things. One, they priced in a lot of dovishness up until, uh, so far this year. So I wonder whether this just created a bit of a reset. But I think you could really take it two ways. On the one hand, you've got really strong jobs growth. I mean, talking like three times market expectations above 500,000 jobs growth. So that came as a massive surprise and suggests that the labour market is still really quite tight. And you also had low unemployment. But on the other hand, you've got uh, still moderating wage growth, although last month was revised slightly higher. But wage growth was 0.3%. And we had higher participation and higher than expected. So that suggests that there is a little bit of additional slack appearing in the labour market from participation, even if that's been taken up by stronger jobs growth. So depending on which way you want to see it, you could take a positive and a negative from that. But it, I think it all stems back to market positioning prior to that report. And what this did is it kind of clouded the picture. And when you're the Fed official and you're looking ahead and you see a picture that's not clear, then I think the path of least resistance is probably going to be to keep raising interest rates by 25 basis points until you have a consistent body of evidence that what you're doing is going to lead to 2% inflation over the medium term. And had this been another really good jobs report, we would very much be on that path. But because it created this mixed picture, the markets are now pricing in 25 base points at the next meeting and 25 base points at the meeting after that. So it's slightly higher expectations than what we were actually seeing uh, prior to that jobs report. So that's taken some of the sentiment out of the markets. Don't be surprised if we do see that move around a lot over the course of the coming weeks. Got a lot more data to come before the next meeting. While it's not necessarily going to be plain sailing, and we've said this from this from for a while now, the path to peak inflation was quite linear. Always beating market expectations, always higher. The path back to 2% is going to be a bit of a bumpier road. So we're going to see some periods of positive data and more improved sentiments, and then we're going to see setbacks along the way. So this is kind of panning out as you would, uh, as we should have really um, expected. And what it means though, we're also now in a week that's a bit quieter. So last week we had Bank of England, ECB, and then and the Fed, obviously the day before that, we had big earnings we had apple amazon alphabet meta um so there was a lot to focus on then we had the jobs report of course at the end of the week this week is looking a little bit more modest on that point so we're hearing from a few central bankers but those who spoke already last week we've got a couple of data points we've still got earnings but we're not talking about the real big hitters like we had last week so it's going to be interesting to see we could potentially see these kind of fluctuations in sentiments over the course of this week while investors look to kind of cling on to anything they can get their hands on that's going to give them some that direction they crave and perhaps today we'll get that we've got jerome powell speaking we've got uh bar speaking from the fed as well we've got um 
Bank of Canada policymakers speaking. So there is the potential we've uh, for for them to say something that could potentially lead markets in one direction. But at this point in time, I think investors are kind of craving some some form of uh, a push or a nudge in the right direction. Okay, we'll talk more about what Jerome Powell has uh, set to say a bit later. But first, uh, you mentioned uh, the numerous central bank uh, rate hikes last week, and that has continued into this week with the RBA hiking rates by 25 basis points last night. Yeah, not unexpected. Uh, The RBA is now on a meeting-by-meeting basis, very much like the Fed, I guess, where they've now whittled down to 25 basis point moves, but they're not really committing to anything before during or after the meeting the kind of just taking the data as it comes and deciding whether to persevere with another 25 basis point hike and i think the bank of england is kind of in a similar camp now as well so i think a number of the central banks are kind of nearing the end of this tightening process or at the end of the tightening process and are just reviewing the data as it comes in and acting accordingly i think the period of kind of supersized hikes for most central banks now is thankfully uh, behind us they raised interest rates by 25 basis points uh this morning and we'll wait and see what they're going to do at the next there's no real clear signals on what they're going to do next because ultimately they are very much data dependent but like i say they're not the only ones the fed seems to be in that camp as well it was interesting that catherine mann from the bank of england was talking about interest rate moves and she is uh, maybe among the more hawkish members on the policy committee but she said she thinks that there's probably more chance at the next meeting of a, a hike as opposed to a hold and a cut. It's been a long time since that's been the conversation. For a long time, it's been how big a hike are we going to see? So this idea that even the more hawkish policymaker on the on the committee is saying we think uh, uh, or I think there's more chance of a hike at the next meeting shows that the the balance now is is more is more steady and that the the discussion taking place now is uh, more finely balanced between those on the committee who are viewing the data in different ways, which means there's more bit more unpredictability about the actual uh, outcome of these policy decisions. It was interesting to read the comments of a former Bank of England uh, Monetary Policy Committee member, uh, David Danny Blanchflower Craig, who has suggested that because of a potential house price crash, we're going to see rates start tumbling sooner than we thought. Not one to hold his words, is he? Uh, he very much is uh, someone who likes to give his opinion and doesn't hold back. Um, very critical and has been, to be honest, for a number of months now of central banks and their desire to raise interest rates, claiming that they're going to come to regret that this year and they're going to be forced to cut interest rates quite aggressively throughout the year. So this is very much um, very much uh, on tone uh, for uh, the former BOE official. He's very much always been regarded as an uber dove so again very much in line with uh how he is perceived and how he was always perceived while he was at the bank of england you can see his point in that you look at the uk in particular and the economy is lucky to not be in a recession but we'll probably be in a recession at some point this year we have seen um uh, shifts in the housing market which is going to have an impact as well i'm not sure i'm necessarily as pessimistic as he is um but uh i think he's very uh, very um very determined in his views that this is going to lead to a position where the bank of England is going to have no choice but to start cutting rates um sooner rather than later because of the changes that we are seeing unfolding in the economy as a result of what we've seen happen over the course of the last 12 months so it's gonna it shows that this year while some people kind of have an idea in their head of how it's going to evolve 
the likelihood is that there's going to be plenty more surprises around the corner and that this is going to be uh, a bit of a roller coaster ride. And it is interesting to see how the narrative around interest rates has changed and is changing as we speak and uh, getting closer to the uh, terminal rate very soon, I, I would imagine. Let's talk oil now, Craig. And oil prices are up around about 1.5% since the last time I looked. And that's down to a, a few factors here, a stronger China recovery and uh, this terrible news in Turkey uh, with the earthquake. Yeah, so I think the dominant factor is China. We saw, we've seen kind of uh, suggestions uh, from certain institutions uh, over the course of the last day or two, suggesting that the recovery in China is going to be uh, potentially much stronger than anticipated. It seems that they are moving through this evolution from zero COVID to living with it really quite smoothly, that a large part of the surging cases um, actually occurred during the first wave, and therefore the impact in the aftermath of the new year is going to be much less severe they the numbers we're seeing perhaps around 80 percent of people have some form of kind of immunization um or means that the 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 kind of spread uh going forward is going to be less damaging and therefore the economy can actually engage in this recovery much more strongly and much more quickly than people had anticipated so i think that's a large part of it uh the other part, potentially, uh, to a much smaller extent, is of course the devastating, um, the, the devastating occurrence that we saw, of course, uh, in uh, Turkey and Syria uh, uh, over the course of the last couple of days. Uh, means that they've decided to temporarily close one oil terminal, which I think is responsible for around one percent of daily supply. Supply coming from uh, uh, countries like um, uh, like Azerbaijan, and therefore. This has created a small and temporary um, impact on uh, on supply. Like I say, I think based on what we're seeing from reports is that um, that there's no damage to the actual pipelines themselves, and therefore you would expect over the next couple of days that that could potentially be reopened, uh, assuming that we don't see um, further further effects um, from the earthquake itself. Um, but that could potentially have lifted oil prices a little bit yesterday because of the uncertainty that causes when pipelines or when these terminals do close. You never know for certain when they're going to reopen. And while 1% is still relatively small in terms of daily supply, in a finely balanced market, it could be enough to uh, tip the balance in favour in terms of price direction uh, one way or another. So that could have, that, that could have contributed to the, uh, to the rise that we saw in oil prices over the last 24, 48 hours or so. Finally, Craig, you mentioned uh, Jay Powell. What are we expecting him to say? I suppose he may offer some forward guidance as to what's going to happen to rates uh, next, and he might make a comment about the non-farm payroll figures. Yeah, I think he'll probably stick to the script, to be honest. I mean, when you see a Fed meeting taking place so close to the jobs report, I'm not saying they've necessarily got access to the data, but I always feel they probably have an idea of what the report is going to say at the very least um, in order to try and inform their decision. Um, so I don't. I, I think it may have come as less of a shock perhaps to the Fed than it will have to everyone else. But also, I just don't think it's a game changer, so I don't think it's going to massively change their view. 
the Fed has always been more in the hawkish camp compared to the markets. They've always been of the view that it's not going to be, as I said earlier, it's not going to be this kind of linear move back to 2% uh, that, that sometimes when you see the way markets are positioning and pricing that you would expect is uh, being uh, signalled. Um, the Fed's always been a lot more cautious, and really, the jobs report, whether they were aware of the numbers or uh, expecting the numbers or not, it feeds into what the Fed has been saying, which is we need to continue our cautious landing, um, and therefore that will require more rate hikes. And the markets, if anything, have probably moved a little bit more in line with what the Fed has been signalling rather than the other way around on this occasion. So I think he'll probably stick to the script that they need to continue to monitor the data. More rate hikes are probably going to be necessary. And until they get any evidence as to the contrary, then I think that's going to be the continued message. Craig Earlham in London, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.